here. Remember those brethren in Florida. Remember the the tough way they got going on right now. You know, we see such a beautiful sky out here right now, and here they are in probably a dangerous place. What a, a trying time that would be. But we know that the blessings that come for those who are in Christ, that when we pray, God hears us, amen? And He answers prayer, doesn't He? He's a God who is in the business of doing that. You ask and you shall receive, right? So let's pray for them and let's pray that they'll be safe and and everything will turn out how it needs to for them so they can be safe and their families can be safe also. We're continuing the series. I know it seems like this series has been a real long series, right? But there's some... I am statements that are really important in the book of John. And when we look at those I am statements, what we see is who Jesus is. And we've looked at Him being the bread of life. We've looked at Him being uh, the light of the world. We've seen that He was the great I am. We see all of these things that He says. And today, we see another area that... I just really love, and it really gets back to the basics is what it does. It really gets us back to the point of when we first believed. Today we'll be looking at I am the resurrection and the life. If you would, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 11, and we're going to kind of do like we did last week. We're going to look at a psalm in just a little bit, Psalm uh, Psalm 22 is what we'll look at, and we're going to look at several verses in it as it pertains to the lesson. But I want us to think about, as we begin this, the story of Lazarus. Many of us know it, and I'm not going to go into great detail on all of it. I just kind of want to get us into the context. Martha and Mary had a brother named Lazarus. And in John chapter 11, verse 5, Jesus, the Bible says that, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. They had a very good relationship with each other. They loved each other. Uh, Jesus spent time with these uh, people and He was involved in their lives. But Jesus has sent a message as He's uh, healing some people, and he's coming. I mean, he's coming through uh, the believers beyond verse forty. Let's just let me just stop and let me read verse forty in chapter ten. And when he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first, and there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign, but all these things that John spoke about this man were true, and many believed in him there. Now, this certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Mary and Martha send a message to Jesus They tell him that the one that you love is sick. 
Jesus hears what they say and he says, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Then he decides to stay for two more days in the place where he was at. He then tells his disciples, and I'm just kind of bringing us into into verse 17 of chapter 11. He says that we need to go back into Judea. And the disciples are like, lately the Jews have been trying to stone you there. Are you sure you want to go back into that place? And Jesus tells them, Are there not twelve hours in the day? Verse 9. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if, any, if, if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Jesus tells them, you think that I'm going to lead you somewhere blindly? We're going to wake up Lazarus, our friend. You know, the disciples didn't quite understand that, and we probably wouldn't understand it either. We hear that he's sick, and they say, Lord, if he sleeps, then he'll get well. But verse 13 says, However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. But Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. So they go. And let's pick up in verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would have not died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus tells Martha that he is the resurrection and the life. So how does that statement affect her? Making application to us, how does that statement affect us today? I've got three things, very simple uh, points. Jesus being the resurrection and life affects our past. It affects the past. And I want you to follow this and just go with me on this journey for just a few minutes. And I promise you at the end, it will be a blessing to your life. Verse 21, look at this. Martha sees Jesus coming. 
Mary stays in the house. The custom was when somebody died, the Jewish uh, custom was the people would go into the house and for a certain time they would lament and they would weep and people would come in and it would be a big procession and it was very emotional time and the persons, uh, the family that, uh, the whatever the person died in the family, they would sit down and they would all come and people would comfort them and things of that nature. Mary stays in the house and Martha goes out to see the Lord. And look at what she says. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. Lord, if you had been here, then my father, I mean, then my brother would have not died. And if we're going to see a clear picture of this, we've got to go back into the time and not do like we know and see 2020 vision and know how this story ends. We have to start where she is. She has no idea what's about to happen. We have to put ourselves in Martha's shoes. She knew who Jesus was. And you could tell by her comments. She says, if you'd been here, my brother would still be alive. Think about this. Martha and Mary are watching Lazarus get sick. And all the while, they had sent out for Jesus to come back. And where was he? Where was Jesus? Remember, they sent the people out and Jesus says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And then he just kind of goes on about his business. He stays two days. Can you see it? They come back and they deliver this message and and Mary and Martha ask and maybe Lazarus, well, what did he say? Is he coming? He's a no-show. He's not there. They're looking and waiting and he does not come. And as time goes on, Lazarus gets sicker and then he dies. Where were you? If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Can you feel the emotion in this statement? Martha's brother's dead, and the one that could save him, the one that said that he loved him, doesn't show up. How could you do that, Jesus? How could you do it? Have you ever been there? Have you ever thought, where are you, Lord? I'm praying and I'm asking and I don't see nothing. Especially in this time of sorrow and pain and trouble. Martha was struggling. She was hurting. She asked Jesus, where Were you? In life, it's hard for us to see the whole picture, isn't it? Especially in those hard times. You know, this is kind of a reoccurring theme all the time when we talk about Jesus and who He is. And you want to know the beauty of this? The reason why it's so reoccurring and it always happens and it sounds kind of similar and stuff? Because Jesus came to heal sick people. He came to heal people who were hurting, people who were struggling, 
People who were blind. That was his mission. And I'm thankful for that. Amen? I'm thankful that he's a God who came to heal somebody who was broken. I'm thankful that he came to save somebody who was living in such a way. We don't understand sometimes what is going on through those hard times. Maybe the hardest thing that you've ever dealt with. And it's hard to not be mad at God, isn't it? But didn't our Lord and Savior have the same thing happen to Him? You remember He was on the cross? You remember He was just about to die? Mark 15, 34 says, At the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a voice, a loud voice saying, My God... You remember it? My God, why have you forsaken me? It comes from Psalm 22. The first verse in it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, You ever groan to God to help you out? Why are you so far from me? If you had been here, Jesus, Lazarus would be alive. We sometimes get so focused on the fact that the Lord doesn't hear us, but does He hear us? Our Savior was put in the same position. He was hurting. He was about to die. And here He cries out and no help came. So how does this I am statement, I'm the resurrection and the life, help us when we fall into this mind frame? When we go into thinking, where are you, Lord? In the midst of this storm. It's like you've left me all alone. Before we answer that, let's look at another part of this. Another thought from Martha. How does Jesus being the resurrection and life affect us? Not only does it affect our past, it affects the future. Look at verses 22 through 24. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. He he will. Think about this. Martha, right after she says, if you would have been here, our brother wouldn't have died, says... But I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. You know, when we're going through those struggles in life, when we're going through those tough situations, and we're trying to push through, sometimes uh, we say things or get told things like this. You ever been told this? I know it's tough right now, but it'll get better in a while. Or let go and let God. 
Or God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, right? Are those true statements? Absolutely. God is never late. He's always right on time, right? But in the midst of the storm, you say it and you believe it. But right then, those thoughts aren't really helping, are they? (laughs) I believe it. I know that whatever you ask of God, it'll happen. But right now, why weren't you here? (laughs) I know that on the last day, He's going to get resurrected. But if you would have been here, He'd be alive. Right now, I'm just trying to figure out where you are, God. Where you at? She believes it, but her mind is just like ours when we're struggling with doubt and confusion. It ain't helping now. I appreciate you telling me that, but it ain't helping now. She's still focused on why he wasn't there, why he didn't answer right then. You know, I appreciate Brian's prayer. He said, give us understanding when you don't answer the things that we ask for. Wait a minute. You you mean that I could ask for something and it may not get answered? Well, why is that? I want you to turn to Psalm 22. Let's look at this real quick. I don't... I've been infatuated with the Psalms uh, these past couple weeks, but you know, they're so good for our learning. The applications are so good for us today, right now, even so many years ago. I mean, this was the Psalm, this was what Jesus said on the cross. Why are you so far from helping me, verse 1, and from the words of my groaning? Look at verse 2. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season I am not silent, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you, they trusted, and you delivered them. They cried to you, and you were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. Now think about what he just says. And think about what Martha says. I know, God, that you can do anything. I know, Lord, that you can do anything that you ask God. He's going to do whatever you ask. I know that you're holy. I know that our fathers trusted in you and and you delivered them. I know that. And I know that you'll deliver me. But right now, Lord, verse 6, I'm a worm. And no man, a reproach of men and despised by people, all those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip, they shake the head saying, He trusted in the Lord, let Him rescue Him. Let Him deliver Him since He delights in Him. Look at verse 12. Many bulls have surrounded me. 
Verse 14, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. Look at verse 16, for dogs have surrounded me. Look at verse 19, but you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. On and on. This problem is reoccurring. We looked at a very similar psalm last week. All of these things are happening to me. I know that you can help me, but right now in the midst of this struggle, where are you at? What's up? In all her struggling, in all her heartache, what had Martha forgotten? Two things. Who she was talking to. And second, what he can do. Amen? She forgot who she was talking to and what he can do. So many times we as Christians and those who are searching for the truth, somebody who wants to become a child of God, has something happened in our life that's terrible and earth shattering. And I'm not saying that we can't be sad, that we shouldn't mourn, or we should feel guilty when we're having a tough time trying to get back to reality. You know, when we get hit with the blow that, that literally knocks the wind out of you. You ever had the wind knocked out of you? It's rough, ain't it? Try to catch your breath and you can't get it. But what I'm saying is, in the midst of whatever we're going through, we have to keep our minds focused on what Jesus says in verse 25. Keep your finger in Psalm 22. We're going to go back and forth from John 11 to Psalm 22. Verse 25 says this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you, question Martha, do you believe this? We have to remember those same two things. When we pray and we're not for sure and we're not understanding what's happening, who we're talking to and what he can do. How does Jesus being the resurrection and the life affect us? It affects us in the present. Jesus being the resurrection and the life brings all the... Listen to this. This is, this is it right here. Jesus being the resurrection and the life brings all the doubt and all the frustrations of the past... And it untangles them and it brings them into the present. He also brings the future back to the present and gives us refreshed focus on Him and what He does for us while in the present. I know that sounds real scientific. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and that is kind of big for me to say, but boy, it's so powerful when you realize what that means. You ever had a, a tough, and I think about like a, a, a woman having a baby. The struggle and the hurt and the pain that's going on and all of that that's leading up to the baby being born. And then when the baby being is born and it comes out, what happens to all that pain and that struggle? It's forgotten, isn't it? It's forgotten. Yeah, you may talk about it later, and there, but when you see that baby, it's gone, isn't it? It was worth it. When I'm going through these tough times, where are you at, Lord? You hadn't been there in three months. I've been praying for this certain thing and nothing has happened. And then all of a sudden something happens, right? This always happens to me. I think, Lord, I, if you'll just organize it this way and do it just like I've got, I've got notes on it. And I'll print it out to you. I'll email it to you. I'll text it to you. Whatever i got to do. i got it all figured out. If you'll just do it this way, It'll work out for me. But guess what happens, brethren? It don't even go like that. I get hit and it gets figured out in a way that I never would have even thought about. Really? That's how you did it? <laughs> but when it's done and it's fixed and it's what it should be, I don't even sit back and worry about the pain anymore, right? Look at this psalm. Watch this, and I'm about done. Boy, I could preach on this for a while, y'all. <laughs> be... Watch what happens. Verse 20 says, My precious life from the power of the dog. Just give me a few minutes, brethren. I may be rambling, but I'm really not. I'm telling you, this is good stuff, man, if you just open your heart and, and hear it. This is God's Word talking. Look at verse 21. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. And then there's a little phrase right there. He says, you have answered me. And watch what happens in the following verses. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify Him and fear Him. All you offspring of Israel, for He has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has He hidden His face from Him. But when He cried to Him, He heard Him. But it's not on your time, is it, brethren? It's on His time. It's on His time. Jesus was a no-show for Lazarus. He didn't show up when Lazarus died, but Jesus had a point, didn't he? Jesus was about to do something really amazing. Flip with me to verse 38 in John chapter 11. Martha goes back to the house. Mary comes out. She says the same thing to Jesus in verse 32. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. So Jesus, and I love this, and people, I've actually heard people make fun of this verse. And I don't know why. 
It's the shortest verse in the Bible, right? You ever heard that? That kind of snicker at it? Jesus says, show me where he's at. In verse 35, the Bible says, Jesus wept. He loved him. He absolutely loved him. But look at what happens in verse 38. Then Jesus, after the haters say, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Verse 38, Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha and the sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when they had seen these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, let, loose him and let him go. This man had been dead for four days. And Jesus comes and he walks out of the grave. No matter where we are in life, no matter what we're going through, whether we're wanting to become a Christian or we've been a Christian for a long time, this is the truth. Our God is a God of the present. Yeah, he's never changing. But that's the whole point of the I am name. I am who I am. I'm the comforter. I'm your shield. I'm your protector. And here is the greatest point of all. I want to close with this. I've run out of time. Turn to Romans chapter 6. I want to just read this to you. I'm not even going to elaborate on it. I just want you to listen to it in your hearing. You want to know what the resurrection of life means? It means this right here. Romans 6, 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, Certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, 
You also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Remember this comment. But present yourselves as God as being alive from the dead. You want to know what the resurrection and the life means? If you're a child of God, you were dead in your sins. And because of the cleansing blood of Jesus, you have been made alive. Just like Lazarus. In those tough times, in those struggles, in those things that you just can't understand, focus your attention on this. All of this will pass away. All of this will be gone. And if you are in Christ Jesus, you will be saved. And you will never die. That is a blessing that reaches so high. That should keep us going. That should keep us from doing the things that we're not supposed to do. Maybe you're here today and you need to become a Christian. Maybe you're here and you're struggling. Maybe you need prayers. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe whatever it is. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Whatever you need, come right now. Together we stand and sing.